I've got a message that says, ready when you are. I am ready. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Hello. Hello there. Hello there. I am recording. Um, so am I. I'm going to clap in five, four, three, two. I think you should count down from 20. I could, because I know all the numbers. <laughs> and you could, that would be good practice for doing them backwards. It would, but I can do that. I'm what do you like cool. with numbers in Portuguese backwards? I'm pretty shit forwards and backwards. Yeah, numbers. Yeah, because it's when you learn a language as an adult, you don't start with that, my name is, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten. You don't do that kind of thing, do you? Or at least I didn't. No, and it's also because, um, I mean, uh, you know, words are all abstract, but numbers seem to be like particularly abstract. And I can't, I can't, whenever I hear them, I, it, it causes my brain to just go, when I hear numbers in another language, I mean, and particularly yeah. in Italian, I, and, you know, I know them. And then, but if, if I have to stop and really yeah. go, and, you know, like 1985, I mean, it's so many words. Yes. Yeah, so many more than what? 1985. <laughs> I, I know, but it just seems so much more difficult. This is a podcast in which two friends have serious conversations about silly things and silly conversations about serious things. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlife Inn. If I take one more message or phone call from a friend who says, wow, Lee's voice is amazing. <laughs> and then they'll say, yours is quite good too. If I take one more message, anyone out there listening? Nah. Nah. I'm so sorry that that's how you feel. You get the so voice. Sorry. I got the brains. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Never yeah. was such false words spoken. <laughs> Hey, you got all the you got all the good moves. I got the time. If... I got the time management skills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, well, well, lucky me. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Ah, shit! I pulled my. Are you taking your clothes off again? I you can't the, hear me. Uh, I pulled the cord out of the headphones. Right. So you okay, definitely can't hear me. You can't hear me, and you're taking your clothes off again, aren't you? Sorry. I. D- it's because I shut the windows in the room and it gets really warm very quickly. It's so nice to, um, it's, it is nice to hear your voice. Oh, thanks. Even though people phone you up and tell you, that Lee, he's got a voice. It's, uh, <laughs> I only find it mildly, extraordinarily annoying. It's that, sl- it's that little bit like I remember very, you know, I was at you know, my undergrad. And I remember I had a very dear friend um, who still is a very dear friend. And we we were thick as thieves and i remember overhearing two women talking about us and 
already I'm already I'm cringing for your twenty year old self. Yes, I reckon I would have been nineteen actually, but so I hadn't even I hadn't even left my my adolescence, and um, it was worth the effect of. You know, it's interesting. You know, when two friends hanging out, there's always a good looking one and a less good looking, or not, or or. <laughs> and I remember going, wait, oh, which one am I? Yeah, and then I. Yeah, which one am I? And um, because I'd never thought about, this is my friend, I never thought, oh, he's good looking. In fact, I don't think I would even still think he's good looking, particularly. But it was clear <laughs> in this case that I was not. <laughs> it hurt. Oh. It hurt. So did you not think of him as good looking because you can't see that in the same sex or because he doesn't appeal to He's not your type. Oh, a bit of both. I mean, I can. I, I don't think I... I don't think I recognised good looks in men the way I would now. Right. That I'm more tuned the kind of men I'm attracted to. Like, I understand what that is now. And, you know, I developed that, I guess, in my 30s. <laughs> I think partly is being a dancer. Be- I was going to say, is that because you've slid further down the Kinsey scale as you've got older? I don't or, know or, what the Kinsey scale is. Oh, yeah, of course you do. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, I've heard of it, but I, I wouldn't... If someone said, Simon, tell me what the Kinsey scale is. Ah, oh, I've got cramp in my foot. Fuck. Ah. What are you doing? Ah, oh, I've got cramp in my arch. You need salt. I need a neti pot. <gasps> oh! No, no, neti finish the... has... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Go on. I, I'll circle back to neti later because some of our uh, unfaithful listeners have begun a neti journey. No. Yes, I have had reported back... First of all, their anxiety about your brain worm. I bet. I bet. Wait, wait, it's not my... <laughs> the brain worms. Thank that you. you have got. Did um, they boil... They, hopefully they boiled the water. Oh, my advice was to boil the water. Yeah. I gave them a neti pot. Oh. Yes. Is, this, is, it, um, is it midlifing branded? No, it's not. It um, should be. It'd be great with that little dog. Sh- oh, we would be so good if we had... Uh, our own merch, and we just sell we'd like start with neti a pots. We start. <laughs> we'd have neti pots and douches. That's what we'd sell. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast that cleans your cavities. <laughs> Faithful and unfaithful listeners, please do let us know if you've got any other ideas for merch because I, I think we might have the entire year sewn up. But just in case, there's a little bit of space there for something else. I honestly thought you were going to say, please do, faithful and unfaithful listeners, clean your cavities. I wasn't. Didn't even come to mind. Okay, good. That is a huge relief because the last thing you want to do is um, to go back to the Kinsey scale. Thank I think you. It's, uh, I think it's like, does it go up to six or seven? Anyway, like seven. One Normally an odd number, I would have thought. Mm. Well, I, th- I think this one might be six. I'm not sure, actually. Anyway, you've got at one end, let's say it's... I can't remember which way around it is, but let's say it's zero, is exclusively heterosexual. Um, And then at the other end, let's say it's six or seven, you've got exclusively... It's zero to six, so it is an odd Ah. number. It is an odd number, effectively, because it's seven... Oh, yeah. It's seven Yeah, yeah, seven seven increments. So were you, I guess what I'm asking, have you... That's why I was asking, have you slid along the scale? Thank you. As you've got an elder... That is a very personal question. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Is it too much? No, no. I don't think it's too much. I think, I think, that would, I think that's accurate. I don't, well, put it this way. I don't think I've slid in the sense that 
I think more that I've become aware of or that I'm more okay with the idea yeah. of. Yeah. So I've been encultured or I was encultured into a very kind of specific um, perspective or view of masculinity from a very young age. You yeah. Know, in, in that kind of culture. And um, yeah, so it's more that I've just gone more sensitive to it, I think. Mm. Um, mm. And, you know, just also I think it's, I don't know, just much more comfortable with going, hmm, he's hot. Mm. Um, like I would say, mm, she's hot or they're hot or whatever. But um, so, yeah, so I hadn't, I, I guess to finish the story, I hadn't really, I, I think it's a bit of both in the sense I hadn't really thought of, I wasn't really thinking of men as good looking or not or handsome or not or whether I was attracted to men or not. But also, I don't think he's a little bit Tom Cruisey. Ah, so just not your type. Not, not my your, type. Not your speed. Not my. He's, <laughs> see, you say things like that, and that's why I get all these comments about your voice and turn of phrase. Oh, he's good with words, isn't he? Not my speed. No, he's not my speed. I, I wanted to ask you a question. Go ahead and ask it then. Uh, it's like a sports quiz. Oh, great. I love a quiz, and I love sports. <laughs> I think I've gone on the record about both of those things. I have two in mind, actually. Go ahead. Do them both. One after the other. Okay. Both barrels. The first one is, Hit me. What, what do you know about Cristiano Ronaldo and water? I can tell you that he has a flat off the Avenida de Liberdad in Lisbon. Uh, I think it was about 14 million. I have indeed looked around it, not in real life, but online. Um Avenida de Libertad is a lovely part of town. It's is it? very chic. Well, it's beautiful. It's this lovely wide avenue with lots of trees, very French, and it goes from the uh, Parque Eduardo the Seventh. You see, I say seventh because I can't remember how to say seventh. In oh Portuguese. yeah, um, but it goes from the middle from the from Parque Eduardo the Seventh right the way down to the middle of town, and it's just this lovely big boulevard. It's gorgeous, big trees, but. There's always planes flying over it, so I never fancy living there. Not uh, that I can afford forty million pounds for a flat. So that's one thing I know about him. So you know he's I, a footballer. He's a footballer. He's a Portuguese footballer. Indeed. He started out very poor. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, and he removed two bottles of Coke from in front of him at a Euro, I guess Euro two thousand and twenty one. That's what we're calling it. In my head, it's always Euro ninety six because that's. <laughs> Your, your sports time is frozen in time. Absolutely. So, yes, the European, you're right. The European, I think they're called the Euros. Uh, yeah. You're like the European, yeah, whatever, is on. And you two Coke bottles. He took them out of the way from in front of him. And he did a beautiful, like, really far reach to kind of put them as far away from him as he could. So out of frame. Out of frame, exactly, because this is a press conference. And then just picked up a bottle of water and went, agua! That's exactly. And then what happened? What Do you know what happened Something next? like five billion, four billion or four something billion. was wiped off Coke share prices <laughs> or the, the, the Coke portfolio. I'm so impressed. And then do you know about what happened with Paul Pot, Paul? Pogba. Pol Pot. <laughs> Pol Pot. He's, a, he's not a footballer. He's a dictator. Um, famous for the killing fields. He's a bad guy. Don't, yeah, don't yeah, put him yeah. on the same Unrelated level Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Not at all. No Paul relation. Pogba. And what he did was at his press conference when he won the man of the match against, oh, I think they were playing Germany. Mm-hmm. And um, the... <laughs> What? Sorry, I'm just when when anybody says the man of the match, two things happen. 
in my head, I think you're going to say the man of La Mancha. And I get really excited that we're going to talk about the musical of Don Quixote, but we never do. <laughs> I mean, so maybe we could I've save it for next week's episode. I've never heard any, from... I've never even heard of it. No, you wouldn't. It's a 1960s musical that is... Um, yeah, it's one of those. So the man of the match, not the man of La Mancha. Well, and so, and the sponsor of the man of the match award is Heineken and Paul Omam de Jogu, which is how you say it in Portuguese. Heineken? <laughs> no, Umam de Jogu, the man of the match. I don't know how I know. That's the thing I've learned. Yeah, okay. And um, and uh, Paul Pogba, being a Muslim, uh, uh-huh. looks at the looks at the beer and just puts it. Takes it and put it right out of view underneath the. He has no. He doesn't drink alcohol. Has no interest uh-huh. in um, supporting, and so now it's become a thing at all these press conferences that someone does something with the drinks. So it's almost kind of becoming mimetic. That's the first part of the quiz. There's one more question. Ooh, okay. I thought that was the same part of the same quiz. No, I, I was just impressed, and I just. Found, I've just been really enjoying, I have to say, these... Um, I mean, I think Cristiano Ronaldo's response, in particular, Agua, was um, yeah. was yeah. fantastic. So the other one is a little bit more serious, though. Oh, crap. Who is Ollie Robinson? Um, I don't know. Ah, that is interesting. I want to... Because I want to... There's a question in here. Ollie Robinson is an English cricketer. Okay. And he was picked... Uh, for the first time to play against New Zealand in the first test, which was a couple of weeks ago. The the morning that he was picked, it came out that he'd uh, done some tweeting in his teens. Mm-hmm. Ring any bells yet? Nope. And these tweets, uh, y- you have to do a bit of scrounging around to find them, but they're out there. And they're they're at best obnoxious, sexist, racist. This came out the morning of his... Um, his uh, Debut, I guess you'd say. You guess you'd call it. He's, you know, appears in front of the cameras. Uh, deeply sorry for anyone who's been offended. Um, <laughs> you know the usual stuff. But then also, of uh, talking about the need to educate himself. Mm-hmm. So these were tweets that he posted as a eighteen-year-old, I think. So what is that? So he would have been so nine years ago, okay. two thousand and twelve. And since then, so he played that test. Did very well, actually. And then it was decided that he should be suspended from the English cricket team. Mm-hmm. And two people weighed in. One is uh, the Minister of Culture and Sport. What's that ministry called? And I don't even remember the minister's name, which oh, just is just terrible that I don't remember his name. He said that the English Cricket Board, ECB, I think it's called, had gone too far, mm-hmm. implying that he shouldn't have been suspended, that he was just a, just a kid. Mm-hmm. And then Boris... Uh, uh, our leader uh, agreed. <sighs> Mr. Johnson, Mr. J- <laughs> Bojo, he uh, agreed that uh, these. Can we? Be- can I just pause you yeah. for a second? Can we agree to call him Mr. Johnson? Okay. I don't want to humanize him well, because Mr. Every- Johnson's not dehumanizing him, though, is it? No, no, no. But I don't want to by humanize him. him friendly. I, mean, I don't want to make him friendly. I don't want to. I don't want to kind of do that sort of cute neutering of him, Mr. Johnson, or. The Prime Minister of the uh, UK. <laughs> he also agreed that uh, the ECB had gone too far. Okay. And I just wonder what you think. I wonder what you think about things you m- might have said and done as a teenager coming back at you. First of all, the things that I said when I was 18 can't come back to me. 
because I'm from an analog age. Yeah. Anything that I wrote would have been on a piece of paper. It wouldn't have been circulated or shared and by now has probably been burnt. Not because it was egregiously offensive, but because, you know, <laughs> I had a fire to start at some point. Um, so okay. it's very So it's not difficult. possible for it to happen. No, no, exactly that. And it's, and it's also kind of slightly difficult for me to imagine imagine what it's like to have my formative thoughts captured in amber in that way. Oh, in amber. Mm. So that's just sort of... Um, it is hard to imagine, isn't it's, it? Yeah. As a, as a teenager, as a, that, you, exactly. that, that conceptualizing that yeah. is yeah. so complex. Yeah. Yep. Not just because it's like 30 years ago, which is, you know, it is. It's a long time ago. Yeah. But also because there, there's no mechanism. So anything that I might have said when I was 18, offensive, inoffensive, delightful, despicable. And you would have said all of those things, right? Abs- absolutely, because yeah. I'm a human being with yeah. a mouth. Yeah. Anybody could repeat them back to me at this point and say, you said this thing and it really hurt me. And I will not be able to say, no, I didn't, because I will just have to go, God, I'm really sorry that I did that. What a twatty thing. Hope you're okay. Much love. There's, you know, there's, th- that's as far as it can go because it's a he said, she said kind of a situation. Yeah. Yep. So that's kind of just to sort of put a pin in the idea of me. I can't, I can't, um, I can't dream myself into this situation. Yes. I love that idea just of dreaming. Anyway, sorry, go on. I don't want to. No, no. That, um, I think I'm more interested in the response of two ministers ah. than I am in negotiating whether or not. The English Cricket Board should suspend. I'm, I'm not even fussed about whether or not the English Cricket Board should or shouldn't suspend. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to park all of that. And I think I'm going to focus on these two ministers having an opinion about something. In the similar-ish week that Pretty Patel goes on the record saying, I don't think it's okay for people to, uh, for football players to take the knee. And I think it's okay for people to boo them. Yes. So for me, this is all part of the same thing. It's, it's not cultural about, stuff, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. It's not about what they genuinely believe. Mm. And to get lost in the narratives becomes sophistry. It's just just park it. It's not it's nonsense. Because what he did or didn't say, whether it's egregious or not egregious, that's between, you know, him and his conscience. And if he's genuinely repentant, we have to be able to move on and make mistakes. We have to be able to grow. And if he's saying it for, you know, to save face, you know, I don't know. I can't see into his soul. Mm. I'm not, we've, we've said enough, I think, on these, in these conversations about the idea of our difficulty that we have about the idea of cancellation, mm. particularly because it prevents people from genuine remorse and being able to recover. But at the same time, that whole I'm sorry if it caused offence is not an apology. Yep. You know, an apology is, I am sorry, I did something, but, it was shit. But I'm going to park all of that and just go, you've got three ministers in a government, all of whom are engaged in... Well, a very successful, it's a, it's a, it is a very successful strategy on their yeah, part. But it's keeping these narratives of the liberal elite wanting to tread down the working man 
all of that sort of stuff that we can't really have an opinion we're not allowed to say what we feel but at the same time the moment that we see a version of free speech that they don't like which is the entire team taking a knee taking a stand against the idea of of um of racism oh that's not okay that's not what this game is about you can't have it both ways but apparently you can i um yeah it's also i i mean i don't i mean i'm not gonna not gonna well it's gonna sound like a defense of them but it's it's also that they were probably asked in a press conference, which might have been a press conference about something entirely different, right? So, I mean, you get, you could say, well, they could just say, I don't have anything to say about that. But it's also there's an opportunity there afforded by being asked the question, right? They would have been giving a press conference and then that came up, that would have come up. because yeah. I, I very much doubt it was volunteered, unless it happened on Twitter, of course, because they're but, all on Twitter and so it's possible. But doesn't it become an interesting thing to take away from the 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 meat of the other conversation because we obviously aren't talking about the things that were being discussed in the press conferences oh oh it's uh, it's totally it's totally uh th- throwing out something for for people to gorge on in their feeds chum. it's totally like that um, it's chum in the water i think that's what you're talking about there is politics politics is saying look here don't look here look here don't look here in fact that you might just say that's journalism as well or in fact what we do it's saying look here don't look here it's just the art of distraction the art of it's theater i mean you know it's the art of disguise and manipulation and hmm. you disagree I, I think i'm pausing because i don't disagree with the with with some of the stuff that you just said you're absolutely right this <laughs> i did make about... a long list then it's true <laughs> well i i, I don't don't think i mean I, everybody knows my politics but i don't think my observation was particularly partisan i think i'm more disappointed in our ability to absorb and to chew the chum that's thrown to us and then get lost in the feeding frenzy and oh. to that's that's the bit i think that that makes me sad that we we swallow we lap narratives. It up. Yeah, absolutely. We swallow narratives. And I know I am absolutely as guilty as the next person of swallowing narratives and going, oh, but this and oh, and getting kind of riled rather than taking a breath and going, where's that come from? What's behind it? But I think I probably disagree when you say that it's like this podcast. I don't think everything is just distraction. Because I don't think we are saying, look over here, don't look over oh, there. Oh, did I say this because podcast? It, yeah. Oh, that's we weird. Are, we are absolutely saying, look over here. And also, I think we're often saying, but please look over there, because we don't really know what's over there, because we're not qualified to talk about it. And then we often get lost in the fact that we're constantly pointing somewhere else and going, oh, this is difficult. Oh, I don't get this. Yes. Oh, I'm quite confused. Oh, this makes me anxious. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that for me, and I'm now I am not saying, <laughs> look at us on a pedestal. But we're not obfuscating in the sense we're not, we're not, it's not like we're trying to say, no, yeah, we're, 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 there's not a kind of a, um, I asked it's you not a, question. a sinister or. No. We're, yeah, we're not, we're not, we're not saying I didn't inhale. I asked you a question at the beginning, uh, not, you know, earlier on in the podcast about have you slid down the Kinsey scale? Yes. And you answered it, honestly. You yes. said yes. Now, you could say we're at a point in history where there's less heft. Cultural, yeah. Yeah. Heteronormative heft is... Yeah. uh, yeah. But nevertheless, you know, you you as a a cisgendered, heterosexually uh, displaying man 
in a committed relationship to a woman has said, yes, over my life, I have become more fluid in what I find attractive. Actually, I think that's a big deal. I think it's a big deal to say, I think I might be a two or a three on the scale. Not everything is distraction. Yeah. Because we're, when we didn't talk about him and them, <laughs> the player and the, and the cricket board, we weren't saying, look over there. We were saying, but what about that thing? What about these what about these ministers? And when I asked you that question, you didn't give me an obfuscatory answer. You answered it honestly. And it's part of the same narrative because the eighteen year old you would not have said in fact, you were really clear because you couldn't see the attractiveness of your friend. Well, I think he's also because he's butt ugly. <laughs> <laughs> and actually I'm I was actually the person they were talking about, those two women. I'm th- I'm sure of it now. I've been of you've course. convinced now me. That that you've convinced, convinced you. me. You are very pretty. Hey, you know you had um, garlic croutons stuck between your teeth last week. Oh, yes. Did you get some? Did you make some and get them stuck between your teeth? No, I didn't. I had a bite of a granary loaf and I <laughs> nearly cracked a tooth. Oh, I've done that. Actually, cracked a tooth on a granary loaf. Granary loaves shouldn't be. You shouldn't be allowed to sell them. And well, you shouldn't be able to sell them unto people in their forties. It was um, terrifying and expensive. But but it, you didn't. It didn't crack it. No, I think what happened was I sort of the. <laughs> this is so interesting for anybody listening. I yeah. think the, the granary I mean, we've, they've dealt with the anal douches and neti pots. <laughs> How bad can it possibly get? No, it doesn't get gross. I think what happened was that it was a big chunk of, of seed that went in between my oh. back tooth and my wisdom tooth, so my very back tooth. Yeah. And I think what Have happened Have you not had was, them out? No, I've got all four of my wisdom teeth. Oh, that's where yeah. they differ. Mine just... What a shock this might come to anybody who's ever met me, that there is a lot of space in my mouth because it's quite big. <laughs> we did, we were s- going to call this podcast Big Mouths, of course, but it would have only been half right. <laughs> As my dad would say, I have a mouth cut with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> so he, my, does he say that? He says that about people like me with big mouths. But and he him, hasn't said it of you. I think he might have said it of me and of himself and probably of my mother because we all have, as in just the kind of physiologically, not <laughs> although the rest is true. Not culturally. We have big mouths, yeah. But my teeth, my wisdom teeth just sort of, I, they said, I barely they said They're just fine there. They just floated out. They're no not impacting in the non-impact nah, sense of the word. Super comfy. Never had a problem with them. Oh. That was Jeff having a little bit of a bob shut the door. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so this gran- bit of granary got stuck in between my wisdom tooth and the one in front of it, and um, I didn't know that, and I bit down. And I didn't hear a crack, but I felt this searing oh, pain. Oh, oh. But I think what happened was I effectively sprained my tooth <laughs> rather than broke it. And over the course of the last week, it's just, it's calmed down. I can hear David Corbett just go, you can't sprain it. Oh, just, you sprain ligaments, 